0: What's up guys? It is officially the playoffs in the WNBA. We've made it through 22 regular season games and I am so excited for the playoffs to kick off today. So welcome to episode 36 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. Today we have a ton of basketball, um, two WNBA games and two NBA games, as well as the Pops' favorite, the Tuesday night contender series. So that'll be pretty awesome. I know that my family and I have a pretty fun day planned ahead of us. Um, Some also basketball things that are happening today. So I think that today is going to be an awesome Tuesday. And we have food for the tacos tonight with some amazing chicken that pops that I can't stop eating. So I think that we're about to get started because I'm excited for the playoffs to start. And so it's the first round. The first game is the number seven seed, the Connecticut Sun, who are 10 and 12, against the number six seed, who are the Chicago Sky, which they are 12 and 10. The Connecticut Sun in their last eight games have gone four and four, so they've won four or lost four, and the Chicago Sky have lost six of their last eight. So obviously Connecticut Connecticut Sun are playing better right now than the Chicago Sky. Because ever since the Sky lost Azura Stevens and Diamond to Shields, they've really been struggling. Um, I do know that it's gonna be, in my opinion, it's gonna be a closer game because when they played each other on the fourteenth. The Sun won 77-74, to 74, and then when they played on the 8th, the Sky won 100-93. So in that case, it's been pretty close games between the two of these teams. Um, in my opinion, since it's playoffs, I think that Pops will agree with me here. It might be another one of those lower scoring games because they're all about the defense, right?
1: That is true. They are. Defense wins championships. At least that's the old adage when you're an old guy like me. Um, this line opened up. The sky minus three and a half with a total of 163 and a half points. You have to think if defense is going to win the game, that kind of already puts you more on the Connecticut side of things. If you take the, and you did a great job previewing this game. Um, If you take current form heading into the playoffs, if it was just to be the next game in the regular season, you would say the Connecticut Sun are the better team right now. So you have a couple factors pointing towards the Connecticut side. Now, I still believe in the Chicago Sky, but holy mackerel, they've been in a free fall. so weird if you were to take after five games this year, right the sun were 0 and5 the worst team in the league. yeah um, and, and Chicago got off to a hot start. So you know to think that this line would be three and a half in a playoff matchup, 98% of all people would take the Chicago Sky but then the rest of the season happened specifically the end. you already mentioned the injuries and the leaving the bubble for for a couple of the sky players. Uh, What about Ruthie? I know she had a big game in her last game. Maybe she's the X Factor.
0: Yeah, she's 7,100 in DraftKings today. She's their rookie. In the last, like, five games, she's really been stepping up. Um, Before those games, her salary is down at, like, 3,900. And look where she's at now, 7-1. So she's definitely made a big step up. So... In I tracked these two two games when they both played against each other on who was most consistent with their stats, and one of um, I'll start off with the Connecticut Sun, Alyssa Thomas. She's ten thousand nine hundred. She has been consistent going against them. Um, on the fourteenth, she had fifteen points, ten rebounds, and then on the eighth, she had eleven point six rebounds. Um, Kayla Charles. She wasn't as consistent, but she has been playing even better than she was when they played against the Sky. She scores fifteen points and two rebounds on the eighth, and then only four on the fourteenth. But I do know that Pops was on her a little bit earlier on how she's stepping up. One surprising player is Jasmine Thomas. She's five thousand three hundred. She's played extremely well against the Chicago Sky. On the eighth, she scored twenty two points and a rebound against them. And then on the 14th, she scored 15 points. So in my opinion, I'd be taking her on my DraftKings team at 5,300. Okay. That's the Connecticut side. On the Sky, I know that Cheyenne Parker has also been playing pretty well for them. She stepped up to be, I don't want to say a step in for Azura Stevens because she was still playing well with her. But she's playing even better right now. She's 9,900 in DraftKings when she played against the Sun, uh, Connecticut. She had 17 points and 6 rebounds on the 14th, and then 20 points and 4 rebounds on the 8th. So I'll be taking her as well in my DraftKings team. Um, and then if uh, usually in playoff games, the, the older players step up, right? The veterans. So you can consider someone like Khalid Copper, who's been in the game for a while. She's 8,900 in DraftKings or even Ali Quigley at 8,400 because she's been under pressure quite a few times, and that includes her three-point shooting contest.
1: Tati, are you excited for these games or <laughs> what? Like, I feel like you brought the heat today.
0: Yes, I'm excited.
1: Holy mackerel. I've got, for an official prediction, I've got the Chicago Sky winning... 84. I write this
0: down. 84. To 81. Okay, so you're expecting this to be close. I agree with you. Um, I was looking at ESPN stuff this morning, and most of them were actually saying that the Connecticut Sun were gonna win the game. And this is ESPN, not us. Keep that in mind.
1: Um I mean I, I don't I have an it? official like play here, but I mean Me again, either. the Sun are in better form currently, and if this is a defensive game Again, that's what I already said, but I'm arguably one of the 17 biggest Chicago Sky fans, so I still believe in them. And so there's no doubt that um, I'm jaded a little bit. I'm biased towards the Sky. I just feel like they'll figure it out. They'll find a way to win this game, but it's going to be
0: Battle. very tough. Do you know the other 16 biggest fans, Pops?
1: <laughs> Um, I only know maybe a, a half of one of the other 16 and a half. <laughs>
0: Okay. Um, and then the second game of the day for the WNBA. You have the number 8 seed, the Washington Mystics, who are 9-13, and 13, which they have definitely brought it back, against the number 5 seed, the Phoenix Mercury, who are 13-9. and nine. These two teams have a lot of, like, um, interesting things. Uh, it's There's also, like, a small rivalry matchup here because Leilani Mitchell was on the Phoenix Mercury, and now she's on the Mystics. And then um, Shatori Walker-Kimbrough was on the Mystics, but now on the Mercury. So, that'll be interesting going against each other, because they're two very similar players. Uh, when they played against each other on the 28th, uh, the Mercury won 94-72. In that game, the Mystics had Emma Miesman. And in, on the 23rd, the Mercury won 88-87, and the Mystics didn't have Emma Miesman. But as most of you know, um, if you've been listening to our previous podcast, uh, Playoff Meesman, what do you think, Pops? Is she going to do it again this year?
1: Best previews of games you've ever had, at least on this podcast, <laughs> So great work. Um, so, first off, the Mercury opened up as a seven and a half point favorite with a total of 165 and a half points. So, Mercury, a pretty big favorite. This is an elimination game. Remember, the first two rounds of the WNBA playoffs are single elimination. Yep. So it's win it or go home, gone fishing. <clears throat> you mentioned playoff Meesman You mentioned that she played in the second game where they lost by 22. We can just throw that game right out the window. That's not going to happen in this game. Yeah, no, I okay. agree with you. So I think we're going to line more towards the first game. Now, the Mercury are playing completely different right now than they did at the beginning of the season um kind of been able to just play free willing doing her own thing um obviously the emergence of Skylar Diggins-Smith she's a lot more comfortable now than she was earlier in the year um but at the same time the Mystics man who would have thought that after the at the halfway point of the season that both the Mystics and the Sun were going to make the playoffs but yet here they are All I gotta say is Emma Meesman.
0: So obviously, Pops thinks that playoff Meesman's back again.
1: She will show up. How could you? There's no one in their right mind with what she's done previously in the playoffs. Why would you think for a moment that she wouldn't step up in this playoff? (laughs) She's going to. This is a one possession game. I'm not going to go on the record and say the Mystics are going to beat the Mercury, but I think it's going to be incredibly close. I think this is a one-possession game, and I personally, I really, really like the Mystics tonight.
0: Okay, well, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close game because any team going to the playoffs isn't going to go there and just get blown out. So um, I agree with you, Pops. On ESPN, a lot of people are saying that the Phoenix Mercury are going to go all the way to the semifinals and be- end up beating like the Lynx. Do you think that's going to happen for them? Going no, all the way to semis? no,
1: I don't. I think, I think they're going to be lucky to get by the Mystics.
0: Okay, then. Well, Pop's really thinks highly on the Mystics then. <laughs> so Emma Mason is ten thousand four hundred today. Uh, that's probably Pop's favorite pick of the day. Um, I know that. Let's see. I'll start off with the Phoenix Mercury because I have more info on them than the Mystics. So, Diana Taurasi is 9,300 today. When they played on the 23rd, the closer game, uh, Diana Taurasi had 34 points. And then on the 28th in the blowout, she had 14 points and 6 rebounds. So, obviously she didn't play as much in the blowout game, but when she does play against them, she does go off. The Mystics don't have the best defense, so in uh, from the Mercury, you're gonna end up getting a lot of points from a singular player, in my opinion. Um, Diana Taurasi is a vet, so veteran, and usually she steps up in the bigger games, at least when it comes to the playoffs. So I could see myself taking her. Another player that has been um, like in the middle, but really stepping up for them. Is Brianna Turner. She's ten thousand one hundred in draftings today. She's
1: ten uh, one.
0: Yeah. She is.
1: Whoa. She's I mean... literally
0: the rebound machine. On um, the twenty third, the closer game, she had nine points and seventeen rebounds. And two games ago, she had like fifty three fantasy points, I think. So she's she's definitely been stepping up for them.
1: I don't think that happens today.
0: I don't think so either, but I just had to say that, because that it's pretty incredible having 17 rebounds. For sure. Um, and then speaking of a big, Kia Vaughn, she's 6,900. Going against the Mystics, both times, she had 16 points and five boards. So, obviously, she's been consistent with that. I know she's been scoring like 10-plus points in the last couple games. So, I could see myself taking her as like a higher sleeper. On the Mystic side... Um, it's a similar player to Kia Vaughn, except it's Tiana Hawkins. She's 5,000. She's been consistent going against the Mercury. She had 19 points and five boards in the closer game, and then 13 points in the blowout game. So, I can see myself taking her at 5,000 as well. What do you think Leilani Mitchell's going to do this game? She's 8,700.
1: Um, uh, first instinct is she's going to do something. Um... Playing with the Mercury, you know, she's had some big moments before. Um, and, you know, with those first couple shots going in, she can she can go off. Um,
0: she's definitely a threat on the court.
1: She is. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> if Heinz Allen's going to get hers.
0: Oh, if Hines Emma Meeson. Heinz Allen's, Allen's 11,300 the most today.
1: If Meesman's going to get hers then there's not a whole lot of usage left for anybody else. No, not. Leilani's really. a shooter, so she needs the ball in order to shoot it. So, she doesn't really she's not much of a rebounder or an assist getter. So, well, she is. Is she?
0: She's fourth in assists in the league. Is she? Yeah.
1: How many assists a game?
0: 5.4. Well, number 1 is Courtney Vandersloot at 10.0, but nobody can catch that.
1: No. Well, that's interesting. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so she's fourth in the league in assists.
1: Well, I got to give her some love there for. That. <laughs> um I don't know. I, I think she's
0: I think she'll have another one of the the like 12-point games, like five assists. I could see it being um, a decent stat game for her because going against the Mercury, she had 12 points the first game and then 10 uh 17 points the second game. So, I can see it being around like a 15-point game for and her. And what's her salary? Her salary is 8700
1: So she gets $12,700 two. Is that enough?
0: No. So, like I said, a middle middle stat line. Yeah. So while we're still on the WNBA, I have to bring this up. The ESPN put out their thoughts on who's going to be uh, the awards for this year, the MVP, Rookie of the Year, all that. So, Pops, you and I are going to do this. Um, for the MVP, ESPN has it as Asia Wilson. What I, do you think?
1: I, I agree, considering they beat Seattle to get the number one seed overall. So I do agree with uh, with her getting the MVP.
0: I do too. I think that Brianna Stewart is like right behind her though. Um, but I do think Asia Wilson's gonna get it. She's been very impressive this year.
1: I think if you consider uh, the injuries with Kelsey Plum and Liz Cambage uh, are not being in the bubble and yet the Aces still making it as the number one seed, I think that's the difference maker over Brianna Definitely. Stewart. Um, I think if you take Asia off the Aces and you take Brianna off the Storm, the Storm are the definite better team. For sure. So the fact that the Aces did get the number one seed, I think that's it's Asia's award to lose.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Pops. Next up, Rookie of the Year. ESPN has it as Dangerfield.
1: There's no co- doubt in my mind. She she was lights out. She yes. was lights out this year. Props to her for a fantastic season.
0: Yes, the first three games, um, the Lynx didn't start her when they actually gave her a couple minutes. She did a lot, so... And her improving to be in, like, the starting lineup and get the most minutes on the team is very impressive.
1: Would Miss Carter in Atlanta, if she would have had the whole season, who wins the award?
0: Ooh, that's tough. I think that they're two very similar players. Um, I think if Carter were to play the whole season, like Dangerfield, I think it probably would have been Carter. Okay. I think it would be really, really close, though, in my opinion. How
1: cool is it to be a starting point guard? in your rookie year and you lead your team to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Which is why um which is one of the reasons if Kenny Carter were to were to still play the whole year, obviously in my opinion, I think the Dream might have made it in front of the Mystics, but the fact that Dangerfield led them and they're like the number 4 seed, that's very impressive.
1: It's a good point. If Carter does not get hurt, I do agree with you. The Dream were in contention till the final weekend yeah so that's credit alone i
0: think that the runner up in my opinion in my opinion is sabali i feel like she was very impressive for the wings i think that also if the wings would have made it uh, made it to the playoffs i think that she would have been in even higher contention to dangerfield cuz like when you make it to the playoffs and you're like in contention for one of the awards you get like uh, a couple of extra bonus points almost for being in the playoffs.
1: I agree with you. So. And I'll take this moment. The Dallas Wings season is over. But I'll be darned if they didn't make us a little bit of cash. So props to the Dallas Wings. <laughs> They're only going to get better. I think next year they will make the jump. They will be a playoff team. And that'll be fun to watch them do their thing.
0: Yeah. Next up, Coach of the Year. ESPN has it for the Lynx as Cheryl Reeve. Who do you have, Ross? For me, in my opinion, I could see it being like Bill Lambier for the Aces. That's my pick. hmm. I feel like the coach of the year is a tough one because nobody really focused in on the coaches too much.
1: I don't know the name, but I could see where. I actually could see where the Atlanta Dreams head coach should get it. I could argue that Connecticut Suns coach should get it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm not too familiar with the coaches in the WNBA. So. I
1: don't know the names. I'm just thinking about just based on what the teams did, what they had to overcome. In the Suns' case, getting off to a slow start, but now peaking, heading into the playoffs. You know, having to incorporate Dewana Bonner into the fold. That's a She's a, a usage monster, so um, to incorporate her into the team. Um, and same with the Dream. You know, that was a young team that made it all the way to the final weekend with a chance to make the playoffs having to deal with Carter's injury, having to deal with, what, Courtney Williams? We were talking about that. How are they going to get along? I thought they did a great job.
0: That's Kurt Miller that we're thinking. Kurt Miller. Yeah. Okay. And next up, I feel like this is going to be, like, a big debate right here. Uh, Most improved player. ESPN has it as Bentija Laney. I have it as Myesha Hines-Allen.
1: I'm going with Hines-Allen.
0: I agree. I feel like it's super close, but because she led her team to the playoffs, definitely gets her there. Um, Lainey, she, she was very impressive this year. I think everybody was shocked on how she came out and everything. Um, I feel like it's very close, but like I said earlier, the playoff thing gets you a lot of extra bonus points. So I'm going Heinz Allen. I'm with you. And I feel like this one's really tough as well. Um, defensive player of the year, (laughs) ESPN has it as Alicia Clark. Um, I could understand that, but for me, I'm going to go with Alyssa Thomas from the Sun.
1: I honestly, I don't have any opinion here. (laughs) I I don't know all the defensive stats to make a a fair point. So if I don't know everything, I'm not going to talk, but if Alicia Clark gets it, I can't help but think that part of that is just because of how long she's been in the league. Yeah. And how well she's done is her defensive season this year that much better than any other year she's played because she's a heck of a defender, no doubt. But I kind of feel like this is just Seattle getting an award somehow.
0: Yeah, I could I can understand that. She's not, she's always like in the top two contention for defensive player of the year, and that's because um, nobody really plays defense anymore, in my opinion, unless you're like in the playoff games. So. I'm not too sure. I feel like that's why I like Alyssa Thomas because she has, I'm, she's like number one in blocks, and I think she's like num, top five in steals. And she's a center, so that's why I have her as um, Defensive Player of the Year.
1: Not Leilani Mitchell.
0: <laughs> and one more thing who do you have in the finals? Because I have it as Aces Seattle, and that's what just about everybody else thinks.
1: I want to be, be different.
0: Are you going to say the Lynx?
1: I want to be different. <laughs> the, Min- <clears throat> the Minnesota Lynx make it to the finals.
0: That's, um, I was thinking <coughs> it was between the Aces in Seattle and the Lynx Seattle. I can see the Lynx making it. I feel like they're very strong, but... I don't, I don't know. I feel like because everybody's saying Aces-Seattle, I feel like they're just the top two teams, so that's why everybody's saying it. Yeah, they are. They're, in my opinion, they might by far be the two best teams, but I feel like the Lynx might have more heart than um, one of the two of them.
1: I, I like the Lynx.
0: <laughs> okay, well, Pops likes the Lynx. Yeah. Um, Anything else to say before we wrap up the WNBA?
1: WNBA, I'm good. Let's. I'm excited for the games. I'm. I'm happy that they're all televised. That's the way it should right? be. Right,
0: ESPN.
1: So, let's let's get to watching.
0: Okay, um, in the NBA, we have game one of the Heat versus the Celtics. Right, game one.
1: Game one.
0: Yes, I know. I feel like it's been forever since we've seen the NBA play. It's only been like one day. But not having a day with the NBA is kind of scary, almost. <laughs> um, so I have uh, the Celtics winning this series. I feel like it's going to go to Game 7, though. I feel like it's going to be really close. I know that article we were talking about a few episodes ago, Jimmy Butler said the Heat weren't even at their best yet. Um and I hope that last, the, the Bucks series wasn't their best because that ending was awful from them. So hopefully um, they played like the, how they have at the beginning of the year. And I think that both teams are super strong. I feel like uh, Marcus Smart, he's been playing a big factor for the Celtics, especially in that last game. Um, he definitely gave a lot and put a lot on the table.
1: If Marcus Smart plays like he did in the last couple games of this series for the rest of the the playoffs, the Celtics can win that win it all. Um, but the big elephant in the room is: Will his playing time go down with Gordon Hayward coming back? Hayward will be back in this series. Oh, he will be. Who's he gonna take minutes Uh-oh. away from? Uh-oh. You know, how how is Brad Stevens gonna incorporate him? That's that's a big question mark.
0: Honestly, if I had it my way, I would I, I okay, keep in mind, I think Gordon Hayward is a great player. He um is definitely a difference maker. But for the Celtics right now, I like the team just the way <clears throat> it is. If because they're in the mix adding in Gordon Hayward who hasn't been playing with them in quite a while, it's gonna mess things up for them.
1: Who's I agree. Who is a better defender than Marcus Smart on the Celtics? Nobody. You're going to say Thies. I'm sure you call him Thies. But here's here's no. the thing.
0: It's Marcus Smart.
1: Marcus Smart is the perfect player that's going to guard Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah. Because he gets in people's heads as well, and Jimmy Butler, Marcus Smart—that's a that's an amazing matchup. Yeah, that's a fist fight. Yeah, it to is, happen. and there's definitely gonna be a fight this series.
1: Um, yeah, there might be because and a lot again, of trash talk. Pat Riley, he Danny Ainge, Clippers. I'm sorry, Clippers, <laughs> Celtics. That goes back to old oh, Lakers-Celtics rivalry. Ooh, this is gonna be legit. Um. That said, I I think this is the Kimba Walker series. I think Kimba's gonna do <laughs> Kimba. his thing in this series. Um, I just think this. I think the Celtics have another gear that the Heat don't have. And you know, I know you said that Jimmy Butler said they haven't reached their peak. I think What's he have. supposed to say? What's he supposed to say? All oh, this is the best we could possibly play. There's no way we could get better. Of course, he's gonna say we can get better.
0: I I don't know. I feel like they've reached their peak towards the beginning of the playoffs. Right, yeah, playoffs. Um, I think that, that 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 was their best, and I think that if they show up, then it'll definitely go to Game Seven. Um, but if they play like how they did at the ending of that Bucks series, I feel like um, I feel like it could be like four two Celtics. I don't
1: think I think Goran Dragic is played the best he can play. Well, I think Kimba Walker, just the way Toronto defended him, I think Kimba has another gear. Right, what I you think, think about
0: Tyler Hero.
1: I mean, it's either Hero or Duncan Robinson, and Robinson's kind of fallen off. Well, so, he hasn't
0: gotten as many minutes.
1: Uh, the way the Celtics play defense, I think I, I think that that's going to be tough for Duncan Robinson to get rolling. I think so, So I too. think Tyler Hero can easily create a shot a heck of a lot more than Duncan Robinson can. Uh, but a player that we still haven't mentioned that I think is kind of going under the radar, Bad and he's lineup. playing against his former team, is Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder... He's got some bad blood with the Celtics, um, and he kind of came into his own oh, with the right. Celtics. And I, now he's, he's with the Heat.
0: He's been with multiple different teams, right? So I was thinking. Oh, like, he's
1: been with a lot of different teams. He was yeah. with the
0: Utah Jazz last time. Like, wait, a former team.
1: <laughs> um, and then you mentioned uh, Bam Adebayo, um, which is awesome. We still haven't mentioned Andre Iguodala either. Dude, and
0: he's he's a winner.
1: Between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those wings, is going to get more playing time defending one of those players for sure. It'll Uh, be
0: Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown's been stepping up for the Celtics.
1: So all this talk, all these players, I've thought it all along. Obviously, Pops
0: did his research on this game.
1: Celtics in six.
0: In six. Okay. I can understand that. I think it's going to go seven, though. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else to say on that one. So... Game 7 of the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Clippers. What a comeback it has been for the Nuggets. Um, I think I read something. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what it said, that the last four series that Denver's been down 3-1, they've brought it back and came all the way to Game 7 with uh, Joe Murray.
1: It's been a long time since they've lost an elimination game. Uh-huh. All the pressure in the world on the Clippers I would be so thrilled
0: to have the Nuggets win
1: <laughs> if Denver shocked everyone and went ahead and made it and beat the Clippers I would absolutely love it If that happened would Kawhi Leonard have any facial expression
0: He never does
1: <laughs> I think the Clippers are playing with fire
0: I think that the Clippers are going to come out hot, and I think that they're going to end um, hot as well. But I think that the Nuggets will keep it the whole time, like keep that intensity through that throughout the whole game.
1: I think, I mean, yeah, the Clippers have been up like double digits in the first half in every game this series, I feel like. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, basically.
1: Here's the thing. Lou Williams coming on a little bit, but he's been inconsistent. He left the bubble. We already talked about that. Mo Harrell, he hasn't been doing very well.
0: I, I don't understand why he was most <coughs> in six men of the year.
1: So, Paul George, to me, to me, there's something going on, in my opinion. We'll never know. But there's something going on with Paul George in the bubble.
0: I totally agree. He has, like... No, especially. And usually he has, like, a ton more fire and shoots the ball more. But, he like, something's wrong with him. But here's the thing.
1: <laughs> even when he has put up big numbers,
0: the Clippers they've been, been losing worse. those games. They play worse when Paul George, like, plays better. And then, like, when he does nothing, they play a tiny bit better.
1: So it's like we got, like, a, an interesting dynamic there. Um,
0: I'm going with the Nuggets.
1: You know what? So am I. Bye-bye, Clippers. Go fishing. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> what do you think? What we, well, you think? It'll be like a buzzer beater close, like...
1: It'll be a two-point game. Two-point game. It will be 111.
0: 111.
1: To 109,
0: Denver. So you do think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring then?
1: Free throws late.
0: Free throws. Okay. I can see that. I'm going with the Nuggets. I'm just, I don't like predicting the scores. <laughs> Pops? Oh, I was
1: thinking about Jokic when he hits that game winning three pointer. I'm just trying oh to my the best shooter in the world.
0: He, that's, centers have been surprising shooting threes this year, season. Well, it's been a
1: long season,
0: but the bubble season. <laughs> I feel like this season has gone on forever.
1: Doesn't I hope it feel it, that way? I hope it never ends.
0: I don't think it will, honestly. Well, that wraps up our basketball talk, unless you have anything else.
1: No, we've gone long today.
0: Yeah, we have. And, Pops, your favorite. You've got the Contender Series with eating the best chicken in the world that we cannot stop eating.
1: <laughs> Man, that's some great shredded chicken. I, you're not joking there. Um, you're right. Contender Series... Um, I'm also doing some work as it relates to the, there's a golf major this week, uh, the U.S. Open.
0: It's like the second biggest golf major besides the Masters.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. So, it's major I, week. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying I really like that. Uh, props to our friend KK Limbasuit with his Travis National <laughs> sponsorship. Yes. I'm very so en- awesome. envious of him, but he, he's very deserving. He's got an amazing family. Uh, what a, what a gentleman he is. Um... And speaking of that, uh, Outlaw Tour got some Outlaw Tour action going on. I don't know if they're on DraftKings anymore or not. I uh, will have to take a look at that. But um, no, it's it's a lot of fun out there. Tennis went from New York, Flushing Meadows, now they're in uh, they're on the clay courts in Rome, which tough travel, you know. One week you're in New York, then you're in Rome. I mean, just tennis players have Is it going it still, on.
0: Still like the same uh, tennis players. Same
1: players, just now they're playing on a different surface. They're playing on clay now.
0: That's totally different.
1: So uh, Yeah, that's a, when you wear those nice outfits, it just ruins them when you get that clay on
0: there.
1: <laughs> but that just shows you, you know, I mean, the travel that athletes do. It's, it, it's, it's amazing how much travel is out there.
0: Yeah. Whenever I hear U.S. Open, I think of the tennis U.S. Open, not the golf.
1: Right? <laughs> I know. You have back-to-back U.S. Opens. I know. Tennis, then golf. We're not used to having majors in September, but we're uh, not used to
0: having a ton of sports and um, like all at once. Well,
1: I mean, you got college football, you got NFL. Um,
0: but like everything all at once, So like yep. usually not everything is during the same time period. Oh, I either.
1: agree. It's a it's a cram session right now for sure.
0: But I like that more than like having it all separated.
1: And then from a college basketball standpoint, there's some big meetings tomorrow. They're taking place to figure out if they're going to bump up the season or what's going to go on or an official start date. It's looking like right around Thanksgiving, perhaps the week right before. Oh, yeah. Um, You know. um, I'm excited to watch
0: college basketball. Interesting
1: times. Speaking of uh, exciting times, uh, Tatiana, uh, she's probably not going to give out the information today, but she's got a big day ahead of her. That's Um, what I said earlier. Oh, as does her her younger sister. And uh, they got some exciting news as far as some of the things that they're doing as far as. Uh, their development of their own respective games and playing. And um, I know you guys are on their Instagrams, you'll see some pictures and some videos. Um, appreciate your support of, of my wife and I's daughters, Tati and Liv, and little Lily Buckets. She's been doing Swimming. some amazing things, and these girls are getting bigger. They're getting older, and it's fun, fun to watch them grow up. So thanks for supporting them. My part's done. Washington Mystics, <laughs> Emma. We
0: spent 10,400 today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. I don't have anything else to say except watch one of those basketball games because they're all going to be very competitive. So um, thank you guys all again for tuning in, and that wraps up episode 36 of the Daughter and Pops podcast.